G'day, lads. Welcome back. How are we? Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Good, good to see you, boys. Yeah, it's been a bit bit of time. We've had a little bit going on, so it's good yeah. to get back and speak to you guys. Yeah. Apologies for the last one uh, where I was down the beach and there's a little bit of a bit of wind effect. Mm. Um, apologise for that in the longevity episode, but yeah. Um, Smitty uh, edited it out. It's <laughs> <laughs> best he could. G'day, Mick. How are we, guys? Good to be back. Looking forward to today. Yeah, what's yeah. on the agenda today? Yeah, this is uh, we've got zone two today. This has been a bit of a, a bit of a darling of the biohacking uh, longevity community. We did our last podcast on longevity, and a lot of the experts talk about zone two cardio. So we wanted to talk about it, touch on our experiences and the bits and pieces that we've done with it. It's uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. It got much maligned there for a little while as being sort of too easy, you know, it wasn't, um, wasn't hard enough. You went, you weren't going hard, yeah, hard enough, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, a range of benefits that we'll discuss today. Yeah. But Before we go into interesting. can I just have a shout out to one of our listeners, uh, an old high school friend who is, uh, a long distance runner, marathon runner, did little athletics as a youngster, uh, Cara. She's been listening to us from day one, listens to every episode, Sends me messages with a bit of feedback every now and then, and ha- and he's learning a lot. So thanks, Cara, for listening. Beautiful. Yeah, she right uh, on. She'll be into this Cara. one too because she still runs. Um, she's still fit as a fiddle. Um, so yeah, she'll probably get a bit out of this one. Awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting hearing from from listeners. Mm. Talked about uh, my mate that listens. Yeah, he he'd be big on zone two as well. Uh, he's a, the same. I think it's, Run it's marathons quite when yeah, you say it's very fit, uh, fit man. When yeah. you say it's a darling of the fitness industry sort of thing at the moment, yeah, but it also probably histri- like goes back a bit with the running world. Like the running world's probably been across this, uh, you know, like your serious long distance runners have been mm. across this as part of their training regime for a long, long time. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah, and it's it's interesting those runners and those people. So, so that zone two, and we'll talk about how you get to that zone two. And I think we need to understand a bit of the energy systems that go into those. Yep. Because going from sort of zone two to zone three it is a bit of a metabolic shift. It's They talk about sort of heart rate zone. So it's often based on a heart rate zone, zone one, two, three, four, five, six. sometimes six. Depends on the literature you look at. But zone two moving from zone one to zone two, zone two to zone three, is probably that metabolic shift yep. and bits and pieces. But like you were saying, endurance athletes, and Mick can probably attest to this. I know I used to do it. Uh, there's, a, there's a fella called Dr. Phil Maffetone. He was really big on it. Running these long, slow distances to build the benefits of faster race pace. So probably a good good one for all our endurance listeners out there. Yeah, they they, they got a saying, haven't they? Go slow to go faster. Yeah, yeah, and that's this is definitely it. And Maffetone was really big on it, and he's he's coached a lot of very highly prominent people. Mark Allen, uh, Mick, who you'll know in the triathlon scene, and he he was maybe the pioneer of fat for fuel uh, as a triathlete. You know. Back in the day, you used to smash glucose as much as you could, pasta, you know, probably 500 grams of, of carbohydrate. And then Maffetone as the coach and Mark Allen as the athlete and then others jumped on board 
were using this zone two way back. And now it's sort of come back around and really big in, in the longevity circles. And we did touch on longevity as our last episode. So it's probably a good flow for us to go into this one. But also, just for those people listening, it isn't just for your professional long-distance runner. Yeah. It is a great tra- uh, training method for your average Joe Blow trainer. Low impact. Uh, it, there is a longer duration. And as you said, it's it's actually um, quite ignored in general fitness terms yes. because yeah. it's deceptively easy. Yes. So you know, a 45-minute brisk, fast walk is zone two cardio. Yeah. But someone thinking that they go out for a 45-minute real fast walk is thinking, ah, you know, I'm not really going to do anything. I'm not going to achieve anything out of that. Yep. But you are probably going to achieve more doing that in, in terms of fat burning, calorie loss, uh, even um, like your, your leg workout with, with the muscles in your legs uh, compared to a long-distance run. Yeah, they talk about EPOC, um, exercise post-oxygen consumption, which is the effect of the exercise, but post the exercise, you know, the the – the metabolic needs, the oxygen intake increases after you exercise. So that rest period that you're having, your body's trying to get back to its homeostasis, pumps you know, more blood around the body, but you're not doing, doing anything at the time. The exercise is finished. So all of that good stuff after the exercise. But uh, what you were touching on there reminded me to get back to our endurance friends Uh they, their zone two might look different to someone who is a strength athlete and that their, their, their zone two might be a brisk walk whereas someone who's a, a trained athlete might 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 be a a jogging pace yep. you know and, mm. and they often they often term zone two in in relation to being able to have a conversation with someone if yep. you are out of breath and can't get out more than a sentence you're probably the shift in your metabolic system we could probably touch on energy systems now has moved out of zone two to zone three let's get into zone two definition for dummies all right so for the average joe blow who's probably never heard of it let's just explain it in a term that's simple to understand yep i guess (laughs) i guess to do that uh if if you want sort of the the basic version, it would be zone two is where you can carry out a conversation and it's nice and easy. Once you get past that, I think you've moved into a different zone. But if you want to talk about uh, the, the the various zones, and, and th- they, they have different names and they're usually early sports science based them on heart rate. So that zone one, easy, is, nice, is a nice warm-up kind of zone. It's often called aerobic recovery 50 to 60 percent of your heart rate maximum heart rate so that number two is kind of a flawed metric but if you if you if you look at 220 minus your age i'm 42 220 minus 42 178 178 (laughs) so theoretically based on this my maximum heart rate is 178 and then to get in sort of zone one 50% 50% of that would be my zone one. You know, the easy, light, steady, often called the fat burning zone, zone two, 60 to 70%, and they call it aerobic threshold. And and for me, that would be about 106 beats to 125 beats per minute. Sitting in that zone would be zone two. And there's a lot of other ways that you can work out this zone two. We'll talk about maybe 
the Maffetone method method. <laughs> the Maffetone method a bit later. Um, but this is sort of generalised sort of sports science. And then you're moving to zone three, aerobic, 70 to 80%, which would be sort of up to 142 beats a minute on my previous calculations. But really a lot of the guys that are really big into it, they base it around the energy system. So it's difficult to use heart rate for a broad spectrum of people. But I like that de- definition of if, if you've gone past the zone of being able to have a conversation, you're out of zone two. And there's also the metric uh, where you can actually uh, like nose breathing. So if you can yes, perform yep, it that's uh, a good one. by nose breathing for the majority of that duration. If you have to re- rely on breathing through your mouth. You're probably going too hard. Yes. So, so basically we're talking about maintaining a certain lower heart rate over an extended period of time. Yep. That's, that's your zone two, yeah? Yeah. We'll talk about dosage in a little bit, as in, you know, what's a good, effective, minimal amount. But that 45 minutes is probably about when it kicks in. Yeah. So I, I guess, I don't know if anyone else wants to chip in there, but I, I want to go to energy systems and do a little brief little bit about that because I think that ties in with the uh, clearing up some of the, the vagarities new word i just invented uh of of the heart rate system using that heart rate system yeah doesn't have to be so sciencey i guess but yeah mick you got anything mate um no i I think you you, so far we're sort of covering everything off pretty accurately um in terms of when i'm structuring up pro probably 70 to 75 percent of my training in totality has been done in zone two uh and it's uh, like you said, now a lot of those old school world champions in in sort of endurance Ironman distances, Mark Allen and the likes, uh, they really reinvented the wheel. There used to be a, a real emphasis put on threshold based training, and and that was the real um, stimulatory point of improvement. Whereas I think Mark Allen showed that. Um, you know, anything sort of anything over twenty percent uh, of your training that was above that zone two range uh, tended to lead towards injury and fatigue and all of these sorts of things. So, and, and even as you're stating, and I write this in most of my programs as a definition, is, is zone two. You know, zone two run um, is is what we call conversational pace. So you should be able to go out, run along, you know, run along with someone and, and maintain a, a, a full conversation with full sentences the whole way through. So, um, yeah, I guess the only other thing I would say about the heart rate component of that as well is is that it, it, it certainly from my perspective in endurance sport, it, from a physiology standpoint, it is, it, it's very accurate. Um, as long as it's done through an appropriate threshold test to get your max to, to get an accurate indication of your maximum heart rate. So if we just use the metric of it to, I think it's actually 221 minus the age, 
um, you know, that is, that's a basic formula that was derived, uh, to, to sort of give some direction. But if, um, you know, like common tests that we would have utilized in triathlon are like a, a 20 minute max power test. Uh, so you would jump on a stationary bike or go and ride on a flat road. Um, you'd, you know, you'd have your heart rate strap on, uh, and you would ride as hard as you could ride for 20 minutes. And that would give you a max. That would give you your personal maximum heart rate, which for some people is actually significantly more than than what the um, the basic formula indicates. And then for a run, you you could uh, you could do a max velocity run. You could go and run for twelve minutes at your max, and that would also um, allow for uh, the, the sort of ac- more accurate zones um, to be worked out and. You know, I guess the thing about that is, is, is conducting those tests. Uh, it doesn't really matter, um, I guess, who you specifically are. The, the results will be based on your physiology. So all four of us could go could go and conduct that test. We could wire ourselves up to heart rate and all that sort of thing, and our maximum heart rates would all come out completely differently which would allow for our own individual um, individual zones to then, you know, be worked out, which is, which is how I've structured up all my training for all the people I've coached over the last 15 years. And, and I'm a really big believer in getting away from this generic programming into physiology-specific, independent, individualized training programs. Um, you know, that's how we minimize injury and we maximize output. Yeah, I think that's good. That's really good for definitely endurance athletes and whatnot. But like Rooster was saying, we can have we you can use this not being so scientific as you know everyday training method of you know forty five minutes of getting to that zone of Absolutely. not being a conversation. If it's too if it's not conversational, then we're we're going too hard. And it's yeah. it's often, you know, in in the fitness industry, if we're not going hard enough, uh, you know, you want to be maxing out. Um, if you're not maxing out, you're not working out hard enough. And people often malign zone two for being too easy. And that's why I really like it. And it's great, especially if you're doing endurance training, you can get out with a partner, you can go on a long run for an hour and have a conversation. You know, you're not blowing out. And that might be that conversational zone might be different for different people. Mm. So people that aren't endurance athletes, it might just be a walk. It might be that going up a hill pushes, pushes you out of conversational pace. It's too hard, mm. right? So, yeah, it, 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 it does vary for different people and you can get really scientific about it, yeah. Before uh, you get into the science there, Dr. Fauci, um, <laughs> The the two the two twenty minus your age thing, uh, isn't there the um, that um, Maffetone formula? Yep. Is that different to that? Is is yeah, that one eighty minus your age, and then you get your percentage from that? Yeah. So Maffetone bases his, I think he calls it um, maximal aerobic function. Um, I don't think he likes to call it Maff because it sounds a bit like his name. Oh yeah. So, but I thought that's how he initially designed it. Yeah, but anyway, right. um, yeah, one eighty minus your age. And then you're looking around 65 to 75, depending on who you, what you're reading. Well, he's, he's sort of suggesting that 
never max out more than that number. So say if I go for a run, uh, so what am I? 180 minus my age, 140, uh, sorry, 40, 42 minus 180, 138. Yep. Which if you look at zone three for me, that starts at, you know, if you, if you, if you went on those percentages that I talked about earlier, yep. that would be 125. So it's, it's sort of in a similar zone. He's got other metrics for it, as in if you are uh, unfit, you add five beats per minute. If you're on medication or drugs or anything, you add five. If you are fit, you take away five. So if you look at 132 for me, take away five, that gets me to 127, which is very close to the end of that 70% of max heart rate. So it's, they're, they're very similar numbers. So Maffetone sort of suggests that if you get to, and you need to have a metric, you need to have a heart rate monitor mm. and probably not the wrist ones. He, he, he talks about the, the chest strap being more accurate. So you run, initially it takes a lot and it took a lot for me to get to a point where I could have a conversation or breathe through my nose. So if I got to a, if I got to a hill, I would definitely go above that zone so if you hit that zone, he suggests pulling it back and walking. So I could get 400 metres out of my house, go up a little hill, and I'm walking. And initially it's quite frustrating. But six months in, and it does take a bit of work, you get to those zones and you are more efficient getting up a hill and your heart rate doesn't go higher than outside of Maffetone's zone of, of zone two. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference in the zones? I was listening to uh, Peter Atia. He's mm. one of the huge fanboys of Zone Two, and he talks about it all the time. Yeah, and he was sort of mentioning there's a, a cycling um, protocol for zones, yeah. and the cycling zones don't line up with um, sort of the Zone Two zones. That's yeah. a terrible explanation, but he was essentially saying he does Zone Two at seventy to eighty percent. Is that something that you guys have come across or is he just doing his own thing there? Because he was sort of saying in cycling there are seven zones and zone two that he uses equates to sort of zone three in cycling if you use like a cycling computer or something like that. Is that something you guys have come across? We'll let Mick go with that one. No, um, it's, it's not, not. I mean, look, there's, there's a number of different people doing different things. That's the, that, that, that's definitely true. Uh but I, I've always sort of just used the the same sort of standard zones uh, as as I would when, with running. Um, although sometimes the I guess the metrics or the the heart rate data can be slightly different um, depending on what comes out as as the max heart rate for that particular test. So the standard sort of standard standardized um, testing that we would use to ascertain max heart rate on the bike would be a functional threshold power test, um, which can be conducted over 20 minutes or 60 minutes. Um, and then from there, it's obviously a percentage of that max heart rate to work out the zones. But no, I hadn't heard that, Matty. I, I, that's not something I've used anyway. Yeah, maybe he's dealing with a fitter group or something like that. He was, uh, I listened to an interesting um, conversation he had with a very high-level trainer for Tour de France uh, athletes. Ingo? And uh, yeah, it was yeah. Ingo San Miguel or something like that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of really interesting things. He was saying yeah. those guys would spend about twenty four hours a week in Zone Two. San Milan. Those sorry. those uh, elite yeah. level guys. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they were using that 70 to 80%, I think, but maybe because they're elite athletes, it changes it because they were going off blood lactate measurements, yes. which is the scientific way of working out when you're changing over your energy systems, which yep. maybe we won't get into. But Well, yeah, that was what I was going to touch on um, to answer your question there. Mm. Atia does a lot of um, muscle biopsies while he's doing it. He's doing VO2. He's getting his... Um, he's a numbers guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he... he I think he used to be quite a good cyclist. He's quite a high level cyclist, yeah. yeah. Um, and he does a lot of swimming, and so he, his he, his zone two is a little bit different. But he goes into those energy systems, and I suppose maybe I'll touch on them really quickly if I can. We probably need to understand them to get to that zone two. So how he got to his zone two mm. was based probably on this metabolic shift of going from. So we've got two different types of fuels, main fuels really, fatty acids and glucose. We've probably touched on these before. and They oxidize or burn in different muscle fibers. So when we talk about slow and fast twitch muscle fibers, um, it's, not, it's not how they fire, it's the fuel that they use. That makes sense? It's, it's the, sp- the speed at which they fatigue, not how they fire, right? Um, you sort of got like your explosive ones and then your endurance ones. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So each of those are burning different fuels. So at any one time, we're burning a certain amount of fuel. At the moment, it might be more, we're just sort of converse, converse, conversing. Uh, it might be 80%, 80% fatty acids, 20% glucose. When we're moving between those zones and the muscles are requiring different energy to fire so we've got our slow and fast twitch muscle fibers and our fast twitch can be divided into type 1a type 2b Uh, sometimes they call them 2z i think uh when we're moving to the different muscles that need to be used we're utilizing different percentages of those fats and glucose burning so you could probably think of glucose as a fast burn sort of your unleaded fuel. Atia probably talked about that because he's big on driving and Formula One and whatnot. So, you know, glucose is your fast burn, unleaded type fuel. Fatty acids is your your slow burn, like your diesel fuel. So when we're switching between those zones, between those fuel systems, that's when those zones kick over. So I would assume that Atia has done all the sports science and knows exactly when his metabolic shift from zone two to zone three is when he's burning. And they, like I said, they call it the fat burning zone. So when you are burning more fatty acid than glucose, would that be? I'd probably just add to that, that it's also whether or not it's um, aerobic or anaerobic, that's probably the shift. So When you're in zone two, you're, you're certainly using, uh, like you said, a combination of uh, carbohydrates and fats, and you're using them in addition with oxygen. Yep. So, so it's um, so it's, it's aerobic exercise. Aerobic is with oxygen, and anaerobic is without oxygen. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got like these different energy cycles, yep. and I, I don't want to go into it because it'll get too sciencey. But um, I'm loving it. So basically, your zone two, <laughs> your zone two energy levels are met by your uh, fat NO2. And then once you increase that level, your ATP or your energy uh, requirements are met by carbs and then creatine phosphate as you get more intense. Yep. And they all do use oxygen. So even the anaerobic system uses oxygen, yeah. which is 
much yep. much less yeah you yeah get, you get heaps yep. less atp out of it yes it's, it's a really inefficient way and your, your lactate levels rise and that's why you can't maintain it so yeah so so in zone one say like a warm-up zone we're using minimal muscle fiber stimulation using mainly fat probably about 70 percent say walking it varies for you know trained athletes but if you're looking at a say a you know a, a sub 10 210 marathoner their zones are going to be different to sort of a weekend warrior who's just running around. Zone two, we're moving to that sort of the stimulation of the slow twitch muscle fibers to their fullest, um, and that oxidizes our highest amount of fat. Mitochondria are producing sort of the maximal amount of aerobic conditions they can before they transition to less fat, more glucose burning in our zone three. And on the mitochondria, the, the fact I read was that the slow twitch fibres have a greater density yes. of mitochondria. Yep. So therefore, exercising in this zone and utilising more mitochondrial uh, cell function yep. uh, is, is, is more advantageous because there are more mitochondrial yep. mitochondria in your slow twitch. So that's one of the fibers. big benefits, probably the biggest benefit of the zone too is yeah, the increased number and efficiency of your mitochondria. Yeah. Yeah. So the because there are more there. Yeah. yeah. The mitochondria are at the little powerhouses. I think we talked about that a couple of episodes back. Smithy was talking about that one. The, the, yeah. the mitochondria uh, health and function was a big one in the longevity uh, yeah. sphere too, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's why this um, zone two ties in so well with longevity, isn't it? Mm. Like if you yeah. want to grow more mitochondria, so make have more little things in your cells that make energy, do zone two. Yep. Zone 2 is proven to make you grow more mitochondria. So, um, yeah, really good for ageing and also because it's low impact. Obviously, it's good for elderly yeah. people. You're not going out there and yep. getting yep. max heart rate and really stressing your system. So. Overweight people. And I yeah, think, exactly, yeah. Yep. I think that's why it works for endurance athletes because, you know, stimulating the mitochondria to produce more ATP, uh, denison triphosphate, means that there's more mitochondria meaning more ATP, meaning more energy. It basically means that they can stay in the aerobic state for much longer. Yep. So they can put out much more sort of watts per kilo yep. and still stay aerobic. And the benefit of that is that it's a much more efficient way of burning fuel. It's something like the difference is, I think uh, if you're just glycolytic and anaerobic, you're getting like two ATP yep. out of a molecule. And if you go through the full chain, you're getting something like 32 or 34. So the difference in the amount of ATP, this energy currency, is massive. Yep. So if wow. you want to be really efficient, you want to stay in that aerobic for as long as possible. And then also you, your lactate levels aren't rising, so you're not um, going to hit that uh, that wall, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. So that's what must be why they spend so much time in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes our mitochondria more efficient to burn fat. Mm. Other benefits? Sort of, well, I mean, we're getting that increased in cardiovascular endurance. Heart's got to pump blood around, you know. It's more of a... A blood workout, you know, gets the blood yeah. moving around the body, proves our NEAT. So NEAT is non-exercise. Uh, I'll come back to it. Um, it is, it is the area where we're um, non-exercise. Non-exercise. So when we're not exercising, when we're utilizing sort of extra movement that we're doing, that's not exercise. If that makes sense. I mean, fat burning just on its own. Uh, you, you, your body is uh, tapping into fat stores more efficiently at that pace and at that duration. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for like, trimming down a little bit of body fat, 
you know, some zone two three times a week at a minimum of 45 minutes, just a real brisk walk like you're in a hurry, you will notice a bit of a strip of body body fat uh, within, I reckon, two weeks, three weeks, obviously depending on, on how much you're already carrying. But I've noticed, um, and I think I mentioned in an earlier podcast, um, some f- kickboxing fighters were doing this sort of training before their weigh-ins. Uh, to trim right down and obviously taper back a little bit uh, their their hard their hard training before the fight, and the benefits of this in in the fat loss and trimming right down was was phenomenal and and I've tried it and it's I, I recommend anyone forty five minutes three times a week yep. walking like you're in a hurry to catch a train yep. uh, but you can still breathe out of your through your nose and speak uh, you will you will f- see the benefits of of fat loss yeah. And that neat I was talking about, sorry, I missed that. I'm going to get back to it. Mm, yeah, sure. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Ooh. Yeah. So that's that's all the activity that you do that is not exercise. Right. Eating, moving around, mowing the lawn, yep. sweeping up, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. That's but neat. That's neat. But <laughs> yeah, all of the – everything is movement really, you know, chewing, it's movement, so that yeah. kind of thing – Improves the efficiency to get blood around the body to do those kind of things, which means everyday life. If we talk about longevity, being able to do those things for as long as possible is probably the goal of as well as as well as yeah Mm. yeah yeah. So maybe we should move on to the dosage. You know what you you just talked about there. You know the, the fighters cutting weight and minimal minimal effective doses for people. Before we move on, Mick, have you got anything else to add? No, I guess, um, you know, what we're always trying to do, guys, is revert this back to sort of the average punter and ancestral living and all that sort of thing. And and, uh, I did stumble upon um, one particular study that sort of summarizes all of that stuff. It was was actually, uh, I I was looking at a heap of Huberman stuff, who is someone we sort of all seem to follow. Um, and there was a health symposium done by Stanford Med um, showing how effective this zone 2 um, cardiovascular exercise was in sustaining health and um, improving longevity and all of that sort of thing. And and one really interesting, um, I guess, uh, counteraction to that study was that for those people who were sedentary or sitting for, for um, around five hours a day, the benefits of zone two cardio were completely eradicated. Yeah, I saw so, this one. This is really good. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I think it's just really important for us. And now, what they went on to sort of articulate is that um, a solution to that issue for people who are, you know, maybe more office bound and had spent a long periods of time sitting, um, is is that if you stood at a ratio of one to one while you were working. Um, and still conducted your, um, well, they say up to 180 minutes a week of zone two cardiovascular work. Um, that that would actually that would counteract that issue of sitting if you could if you could sit to stand at a one to one ratio. But for those who are sedentary, I, I think it, it's really important just to to uh, acknowledge and articulate that 
you're not going to get the same results. You're not going to get the same effectiveness if you are in a in a sedentary based off you know office based job or, or something like that. Even if you're a student, where you're sitting down for sort of around that five hours a day, um, and if you're looking to you know work towards um, a more effective um, cardiovascular range or improving your health. Um, you've, you know, it's not just as simple as doing the zone two work. You, you've also got to make sure that you're, you're less sedentary through the day. Otherwise, you're just counteracting all of the hard work you're doing. Yeah, good point, Mick. Yeah. And it, back on that point of the ancestral living, ancestral man would have spent a lot of time in zone two. I reckon, yeah. Wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of walking, a lot of like uh, very, very slow jogging, trying to conserve his energy for a, a burst of energy yep. at some stage that he, where he needed it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, sorry, the other thing just to um, uh, acknowledge there is there are uh, environmental factors that can affect the range in zone two. Um, So things like temperature. So, you know, you could go for an easy conversational based jog um, with, you know, on your own or a walk uh, first thing in the morning, nice and cool. um, And your heart rate would be, you know, in zone two. Uh, whereas comparatively you could go and run at the exact same run or walk at the exact same pace in the heat of the day. Um, and just because of that environmental stress, that could be something that stimulates someone from zone two into zone three or zone four. So that's why I think the heart rate strap, um, you know, as a, I guess a tool, um, to effectively measure, your zoning um, is really, really good. But, the, you know, and just being conscious of those factors and maybe having, if you are used to running and being in zone two, at different times of the day, you might need to run slightly easier in order to achieve the, the same zone two output or you might need to pull right back to a walk. Yeah. Yeah, I think that study you're referring to is pretty good. I think it was, um, they talked about 180 minutes per week. So whether that yeah. whether that looks like... Four times 45 minutes a week, so we, if we talk about sort of minimal effective doses, sort of for the pot, for the punter to take away today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could get really scientific about it. You could work out, like probably Peter Atia does, his, his exact zone of when he's moving from zone two to zone three. You could take it at, as a conversational pace, 45-minute walk, run, swim, bike ride, row maybe whatever it might be uh but yeah so ingo ingo san milan who uh he was talking to i think he was talking to peter peter to say. yeah <laughs> yeah he, he he also said don't let you know perfect be the enemy of good so if you're getting something done and like you were talking about mick they're getting up and and standing rather than walk um standing rather than sitting walking rather than getting in the car, those kind of things, you know, that's better than being doing nothing at all. Um, and it, I don't know, was it in that study that it mentioned if you did an hour to an hour and a half for, for pre-diabetics can alleviate diabetes? Oh, it's got massive implications for blood sugar control. Yeah. So if you look at insulin yeah. sen- sensitivity and your average blood glucose level, yeah. if you're including zone two, it's an absolute game changer. Like if you're yeah. pre-diabetic or a type two diabetic, 
zone two is going to massively uh, increase yeah. your insulin sensitivity, which is yeah. which is huge. I mean, that's the whole name of the game. So yeah. we're not um, doctors. We're not suggesting no, that not. we can <laughs> prescribe zone two cardio and, it, and no. alleviates your your diabetes, your pre-diabetes. But this is what some of the literature is saying: is it is that yeah, it is that profound. Yeah. I think that the we devil can is move, yeah. just in the detail. You have to do – a you can't do 20 minutes of it. It's not going to get you much. I think the yep. minimum that they're sort of talking about is like a 45-minute to a one-hour session yep. and you're needing to do Correct. it sort of three or four times a week. Yep. If yep. you want to just do, you know, three 10-minute sessions or something like that, you, you're probably not going to get the benefits because no. you need that – because it is a lower-intensity exercise, you need yep. that sort of longer duration. Yeah. But if you look at the the evidence and the studies behind people doing the, the correct amount, so let's say like four – at least four lots of 45 minutes yep. – um, insulin sensitivity and um, blood sugar is is ma- like massively um, improved. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and it, and it is something that you can incorporate into you know your your, your bodybuilding program or your weights program or or yeah. like that because it's not demanding. Yeah, and you still you are still I mean even replace it for a, one of your 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 hit sessions or your or your uh, your strength sessions um, just to break up your training regime. Yeah. Uh, you, st- you are still, and as we said before, it's deceptively easy. That's why people avoid it because they think they're not working hard enough. But you, you really are. For 45 minutes to an hour, mm. um, your legs are getting a great workout. Your ticker is, you're yeah. burning calories, burning fat. It's, uh, it's, it, yeah, and you can add it to your strength um, or, you know, hit training protocols. Yeah, I think a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of it got poo-pooed initially from that strength training crowd being, you know, you always want to be making games. You you, you want to be sort of catabolic, anabolic. Anabolic. Yep. So you don't want to be, you don't want to be walking or, or th- there was that theory that, you know, if you did too much cardio, you'll, you'll lose muscle mass, but it's not really about that in zone two where we're looking at a fat burning zone. Yeah. So Strength training guys can definitely utilize it if they want to get lean. Yeah. Um, we'll probably we might have a guest on the podcast in the future that's going to talk about sort of uh, bodybuilding and, and prep and competitions and it'd be interesting to see what they kind of think about having or utilizing zone two. Do they do that these days? Is that something that they, they do or is that, that something that, um, you know, can be utilised, and you're talking about fighters using it for stripping weight. It's, mm. it's perfect for that, isn't it? You know exactly. Well, they're not losing strength before a fight. Yeah, mm. um, I, I guess it's really great for you know the plateau of weight loss too. So if if, if you if you are looking to lose weight or you have lost weight, you know you you probably can't do that from diet alone. You know we the, the old calories in, calories out, th- thermo dynamics works it, you know there, there's nuances and whatnot but if you're plateauing you you've you've wanted to lose weight you get say oh, you know i'm 20 kilos overweight i want to lose 20 kilos and you've done that diet alone you've lost 10 15 maybe you can't lose the last five i think zone two cardio is where we can increase the dose and frequency and if we're getting up to those 180 minutes uh, maybe it's three times sixty minutes a week, or four times forty-five minutes a week. That has huge benefits for weight loss as well. Well, it burns a lot of calories. Mm. Like I did mm. one uh, on the bike the other day yeah. uh, for forty-five minutes, and I was only sort of pushing one hundred and seventy or one hundred and eighty watts, and it burned like four hundred and fifty calories in forty-five minutes. And that's like, huge. That's a lot yeah. of calories. I was there when you did that, and that was in comparison to a hit session that we did a couple of weeks earlier. 
it was quite a demanding session, and we hit 360 calories. Yeah, uh, in that that hit session, and so you're just saying that you've hit 450, 450 on a bike I was, I was for chatting how long? With you and kicking along, only 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. I was I was chatting the whole time. Yeah, sort what? of very light sweat, but definitely wasn't cooked afterwards. I was just a nice. I was outdoors. I was on I was on a stationary bike, but yeah. outside. And um, that's what I love about it. And that well, that's the it thing. Is, it was good. Yeah, and you mentioned we've talked about a lot about physical health here, but the mental effect, um, mm. benefits of of zone two, and just like if you're on your own, chucking some headphones on and, and zoning out to a podcast or some new music while you're walking along, or, or even just getting rid of the headphones and just getting in tune with your own inner, inner thoughts, give, get you gives your head space a little bit of time to put things in perspective and then what if you're doing it with uh, your partner or something like that and because yeah. it is uh you are required to have you know to measure it by discussion um it's a great measure measuring mm. tool of that mm. that zone what a great way to just get with your your partner or, yeah. or a friend and chat while you're while you're yeah. working out yeah. yeah yeah and i mean if you're doing that four times a week and you burn say 450 calories times four a week What's that? Eighteen hundred calories. That's a game changer for weight loss. That yeah. is absolutely yep. going to burn fat and help you lose weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without delving into any muscle stores. Nah. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I guess that's why experts are talking about it being a game changer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. That's probably a good one. Good way to. Yeah. Tidy it up. Oh, it's it's such a benefit, and it, a lot of people ignore it. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Probably because it was too easy. Yeah, you know the strength guys poo pooed it because it, you, you'd lose the muscle gains that you've got, which is which is a fallacy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, it's too easy. You're not you're not going hard enough. You got to go and maybe an, maybe an episode on zone five cardio is is worth doing. Yeah, um, five six. You know yeah. that, that's supra maximal yeah. intensity, but it's, it seems that yeah the 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 longevity benefits of zone two cardio, mm. weight loss. Pre-diabetes and improving race times for endurance athletes and whatnot. Yeah. What a great opportunity to maybe uh, go back on the barefoot uh, concept, barefoot training. Yeah. Get some uh, minimalistic shoes to walk in. You you can imagine the resistance in sand Mm. along the beach, barefoot, grounding. Vitamin D. Vitamin D, 45 to an hour walk along the beach. Boom. Imagine a doctor's prescribed that to you for your pre-diabetes, mm. you know? Oh, yeah, I could probably I could probably sort that mm. out. Maybe eat a little bit less sugar. Does it mean I have yep. to get out of bed Yeah, too early? Yeah. <laughs> I think once people form the habit, they'd bloody love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd get addicted to it. Yeah, yeah. If you live sure. close to the beach and you could just sort of step out your door and be there within five or ten minutes. Yeah. Or yep. otherwise a park or nature oh, or mate, yeah. anywhere. Just mm. yeah. Yep. Imagine a doctor prescribed that for your mental health. Yeah. 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 Stress management. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or, um, yeah, relationship building. Yeah. Have a chat with your wife for 45 minutes while you walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, I'd do my head in. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Nah, nah. Well, yeah, on that note, mm. yeah, it'd be great to hear from people about zone two cardio, anything. Yeah. yeah. If anyone in. does it, yeah, let us know what they do. Yeah. Get in touch. Yeah. We've got our Instagram. We'll put a couple of little... Spots up there. I'd love to see some comments on the Instagram post. Hey, if anyone yeah. g- can just give us a quick little comment on the Instagram post, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and there you yeah, get and, in touch. And also, if you are an athlete, 
and you're after any of the testing that we were talking about in the way of on a you know running testing or riding testing or anything like that hit us up as well you know we can we can assist people in getting those accurate zones um so they know that they're working within data that's you know specific to themselves yeah that's a great idea i think we probably need to reach out and interact a bit more get people yeah we can answer questions that's a really good idea mm. Yeah, modern ancestral man at gmail.com, modern ancestral man on the Instagram. So the kids say it, I think, the Instagrams. So yeah, get on there, uh, check us out. Yeah, flick us some messages. It'd be great to hear and interact with the listeners. So yeah, yeah cool. Good, good to see you boys again. Yeah, great stuff. Good stuff. Mm. I think it was a really good chat. Hopefully, we didn't get too sciencey or, nah. or whatnot. But yeah, really, takeaway is get out and do some zone two cardio. Work out with a buddy. Yep. Have a nice little conversation for an hour, three times a week. Boom. Yeah. Done. Good stuff, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you next next week. Get your air Get guitars your, oh, ready. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs>